Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the Best Damn Movie Related Show on the Planet Earth, the John Campius Show. Coming to you from right here on my YouTube channel. I'm, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, and streaming, and all sorts of good things. And it's wonderful to have you here today on the show. Now, I'm going to let you guys know that today's show is probably, it's going to be a little bit different. Today is a one-topic show, and I normally, you know, today I have uh, Aaron Cummings on the show. We were also going to have Kimberly Kern was going to be on the show today. But when the question came in about the Johnny Depp situation, um, and that's really primarily going to be the focus of today's show. So if you're not at all interested in the Johnny Depp situation at all, or looking at the, the legal definitions and how this is going to play out and all that kind of stuff, if that stuff doesn't interest you, then come on back tomorrow for a different episode of the John Campion Show, because that's going to be the main gist of what it is we're talking about today. But if you are interested in actually not hearing a bunch of opinions, but if you actually want to hear a bunch of facts that we're going to lay out and talk about how this may come to a conclusion, if that stuff interests you and learning a little bit about the legal you know, ramifications and, and the law and how it applies here, if this stuff interests you, then sit back, relax, enjoy something. Now, as I was saying, uh, a little today on Thursdays, we normally have Aaron Cummings. And like I said, we were also going to have um, Kimberly Curran on the show today. When I realized that we were really going to be focusing on the Johnny Depp thing, I made a decision to not have them on the show today. And the reason I made the decision to not have those guys on the show today, and I was talking to Kimberly last night and explaining it to her was this, was in a situation like this Johnny Depp situation, uh, there are elements on both sides of the debate that can be extremely cancerous and toxic. Like they will go out of their way to attack, like personally attack online people that do not share their own extreme view. And that goes for the F Johnny Depp camp and the justice for Johnny Depp camp uh, on both sides. There are extremely toxic elements. Not all of them. Certainly not just, just elements and, and I told Kimberly, for example, last night, look, I'm going to do the show alone because I don't want to put you guys in the crosshairs of either one, you know, of either of the two extremes. I don't want to put you guys in the crosshairs. I don't want to subject you guys to that. People want to take shots at me, bring it. But I don't want them taking shots at Kimberly or Aaron or anybody else that does the show. So that's why it's just me going alone today. Uh, and by the way, Alex's movie corner and uh, Cersei, I like that username, sends in super chat badges in the live chat. Thank you guys. I appreciate that very much. Thank you very much. Um, so that's why it's just me. So I'm going to give you a brief outline here of what it is we're going to be talking about today and, and how, it, how the law is going to apply to it and how we might expect it to resolve. Today's show is based on a question that a user sent in, and we're going to get to that question in a second. But basically, the question they ask is, are we going to see Johnny Depp back in major movies again? I'm going to propose that that's all going to depend on how the American lawsuit that starts in 2022, I'm going to propose that it all depends on how the American lawsuit works out. And then we're going to walk through a series of events and some legal facts that is going to lead me to express that why I believe it is very unlikely that Johnny Depp is going to win the American lawsuit. Now, look, I'm going to mostly focus today's discussion on facts, not my opinions on things. 
but to give you a little bit of context here, I don't give a shit about Amber Heard. I just think she's a good actress and I like seeing her movies. I don't give a shit about Johnny Depp. I just think he's an exceptionally good actor and I like seeing him in movies. I have no dog in this hunt. I really don't care. I tend to go by, I let the experts determine things and then I kind of take the words of experts. That's where I'm at. So we're not really going to be talking a lot about opinion today. We're going to be talking about facts and then you guys will be free to, to you know come to whatever conclusion you want. And that's the whole purpose of discourse. So, with that said, a quick shout out to Alex Wilson in the live chat. Sends in a super chat badge. Zombie TV sends in like a $20 uh, super chat badge in the live chat there. Thank you, Zombie. As does B. Gill Studio sends one in as well. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate that very much. Okay. And, and some people will notice too, like for today's show, I disabled the like and dislike buttons. And the reason I did that was because I didn't want, because you knew what was going to happen before the show even started today. Before even saying one word of content or context, you knew people were the F Johnny Depp people and the Justice for Johnny Depp people were all going to bomb the likes and dislikes. I'm like, you know what? No, we're just going to disable that because I didn't want to start today's show with 500 likes or dislikes from people who didn't even hear one word of the video yet. So I I disabled that. So today's going to be interesting. Today's going to be interesting, but I hope we can have a good discourse about this and talk about the issue and see where we end up. All right. With that down, guys, let's get into main topic and our only topic, number one, shall we? And this comes to us from Take the Cannoli, who writes, Recently, Johnny Depp, uh, speaking to the San Sebastian Film Festival, said that cancel culture has gotten so out of hand and no one is immune to it. He also had a lot to say about films, streaming services, and the audience. Do you think a major studio will pick up Depp to lead a film again. Has he been effectively canceled? Would love to hear your thoughts. All right, thanks a lot for sending that in, man. Appreciate that. And yeah, so Johnny Depp was recently at a film festival where he was given like a Lifetime Achievement Award of some sorts in Spain. And he spoke on the issue of cancel culture. Now to get his exact words, this is what Johnny Depp had to say. He said, it's a complex situation because it can be seen as an event in history that lasted for however long it lasted for. This cancel culture, or this instant rush to judgment based on, essentially, what amounts to polluted air that's exhaled. Depp told the press at the Spanish festival. But the actor said cancel culture as a movement is so far out of hand now that I can promise you that no one is safe. Not one of you. No one out that door. No one is safe as long as somebody is willing to say one sentence. And that comes to us from Johnny Depp. Now, I do want to address a couple of things here. Before we get to the big question of, will we see Johnny Depp in major Hollywood films again? Before we get to that, I want to address this cancel culture thing he said, because like many of you, the cancel culture stuff, in my opinion, has gotten out of hand. Now, look, don't get me wrong. I believe in free speech, that you should be able to say things you think. But I also believe that there are, there can be consequences for saying the things you want to say. Your free speech to say things means free speech for other people means they're allowed to respond to what you say. I mean, it goes both ways. But yeah, I do believe. But the question becomes, what is cancel culture? What is cancel culture? 
And I think one of the reasons there's a lot of diversity in opinion over what is cancel culture is because I don't think there is one true agreed upon definition of what cancel culture is. It's like spoilers. There's no one true definition about what a spoiler is, right? To some people, a spoiler is giving away a major plot point in a movie. But to somebody else, just telling them, so there's a scene where the two characters are having dinner. Right? So there's there's not an agreed upon definition of what spoiler is for a lot of people. And I think for a lot of us too, there's not really one agreed upon definition of what cancel culture is. Let me tell you what how I kind of define cancel culture. And you guys may agree or disagree with me, and I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. My concept of cancel culture is not a criminally convicted individual uh, gets removed from the entertainment industry. You know, some dude murders somebody and is convicted in a court of law. Well, if people then turn away from that person, I don't, I don't personally define that as cancel culture personally, because that has been a societal norm for centuries, right? That's been a societal norm for centuries. To me, when I think about cancel culture, and again, you may have a different definition and, and that's perfectly good. I'm just telling you, when I look at cancel culture, uh, and DGMC in the live chat right now really puts it well. He says, when public opinion is weaponized. And to me, cancel culture really comes more out of not something somebody does, but something somebody says. And we've seen a lot of that in the last number of years, whether it's, oh, we found this tweet from this guy from seven years ago. Or somebody in an interview is posed a question and they just say the wrong thing or maybe something they regret saying. But we as a culture take that you said something that is not culturally popular right now. Or you said something that is an incredibly bad taste or whatever. And we blow the consequences of that way out of proportion. Like, yes, a guy who murdered seven orphans in a botched Victoria's Secret robbery, should that person be removed from the entertainment industry? I think we all agree, absolutely, yes. Should somebody who, in the heat of something, said something really stupid, something they don't normally say or do, should they be called an idiot for it? Probably, yes. But should they lose everything for it? I don't know. And I think that's what we, all of us, I think trying to find that line about what is an appropriate response to something really dumb or really insensitive or really awful that's being said, whether it was eight years ago in a tweet or last week in an interview, where's the line of what's an appropriate response to it and when is it going too far? I think all of us are wrestling with that. I think we as a society are still trying to figure out what is that. In the situation of Johnny Depp, though, I will propose this, and this is just my opinion, this part, okay? When Johnny Depp says, um, you know, however long, cancel culture is this instant rush to judgment based essentially on what amounts to to, to polluted air that's, that it's, it's, blah, that's exhaled, all right? It's just an instant rush to judgment based on essentially what amounts to polluted air that's exhaled. I will suggest that whichever side of this you fall on, whether you wanted the F Johnny Depp people or the justice for Johnny Depp people, I would suggest that 
in the matter of Johnny Depp, that's not what this is. The Johnny Depp situation, regardless of how you feel about how the UK court ruled, the Johnny Depp situation is a situation that wasn't just somebody breathed something out, okay? The Johnny Depp situation is a situation that was brought to trial, that he brought to trial, was litigated, and a judgment was rendered. And so I don't know if cancel culture is a term that that applies to something like the Johnny Depp situation. You know, Warner Brothers removed Johnny Depp, not based on, you know, rumors or anything like that. They removed Johnny Depp once a court ruled in the Johnny Depp case. At that point, I don't know. Now, you can agree or disagree with the court's decision. That's fair. That's fair. But I think... Once it reaches that point, I don't know that that's cancel culture anymore. Like once something has actually gone to a trial and has been litigated and a court rules on the matter, I don't know that that's cancer culture anymore. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Like I said, we're all kind of struggling with really what is the definition of that right now and what is appropriate and whatever and all that kind of stuff. So maybe that's something we got to wrestle with. Maybe it is. So understanding that I don't personally feel that the Johnny Depp situation, right or wrong, F Johnny Depp or justice for Johnny Depp, I don't think this is a cancel culture situation. Because as Johnny Depp said, this is not an issue of just something that was just suggested out there. This is something that went to trial, went to a court, and was adjudicated and ruled upon. So I don't think it's a cancel culture situation anymore. But that's just me. Maybe you feel it is, and that's valid. But moving on to the bigger question, though, that Take the Cannoli is asking, down at the bottom part where he asks, do you think a major studio will pick up Depp to lead a film again? That is the billion-dollar question. That's the billion-dollar question right now. And this is the one, there's going to be two opinions that I'm going to give you. Everything else for the rest of the day is just going to be facts that we can discuss But I'm going to give you two opinions, all right? And you can take my opinion for whatever it's worth. My first opinion is this, is that I believe the question of will Johnny Depp ever get a big Hollywood movie again all depends on the outcome of the American lawsuit that Johnny Depp is bringing against Amber Heard that starts in the first half of 2022, I think it's March 2022. Either way, it's either March or May, one of the two. Because if Johnny Depp wins that case, I propose that that changes a lot of things. Now, you may be a staunch F Johnny Depp person, but I am telling you, if you are, if Johnny Depp wins that court case, I believe that fundamentally changes the landscape of the whole Johnny Depp discussion. I really do. That's my opinion number one. My opinion number one is, I believe the question of will Johnny Depp be in a big Hollywood movie again all depends on the outcome of the American defamation lawsuit that he is bringing against Amber Heard. If he wins it, I think we'll see him in big movies again. I really do. If he loses it, I really think we're never going to see him in a big Hollywood film again. And I think most of you would agree. Is that fair, guys? Is it fair to say that... 
If he wins this American law case, we will probably see him in big movies again. If he loses the law case, we will probably not see him in any big movies again. Is that fair to say? May, uh, can, can most of us agree on that? Maybe yes, maybe no. My second opinion is this, is that he is going to lose the second lawsuit. And I'm going to go into now a bunch of facts that lead me personally to the conclusion that he is probably going to lose the second lawsuit. And you may come to a totally different conclusion. All right. You might come to a totally different conclusion. But I do want to walk through a bunch of some legal terminology, how that legal ter terminology applies to the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard situation, what has happened in the courts up until now, and how that will color how we can see how the American case will work out, okay? So let's get to it here. Number one, the first thing to get, is everybody with me so far? Kevin Cow writes in a super chat badge in live chat. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate that. Is, is everybody with me so far? Okay. Uh, also, let me mention this. I have never worked a day in my life in, a, in the American law system. I have a bit of a legal background, but obviously I'm Canadian. I have never one day worked in the American law system. I've never worked in the British law system. I have a fun, I have an understanding of the American and, and British law systems because they're based on the same stuff that the Canadian law system is, but I am not an American legal expert, nor am I a British legal expert. Okay. Let me just make that really clear. I have a background in this stuff but I have no expertise in American law and British law. I just want to make that clear, okay? Full disclosure. Okay. The first thing you need to understand is this. This lawsuit uh, is not... Why, why is, is this freaking out? Hold on a second. Let me try this again. <laughs> I, my thing's going nutty here. Okay, so this uh, lawsuit is not about Amber Heard. You gotta be, you got you guys have to understand this. This is important. This lawsuit is a defamation lawsuit. This lawsuit, what Johnny Depp is not bringing this to court to talk about what Amber Heard did or didn't do or anything like that. This is a defamation lawsuit, okay? What that basically means is this. So, Because I see a lot of people online talking about, you know, Johnny Depp did this at one other time and Amber Heard did this and blah, blah. And you have to understand that in a defamation or libel lawsuit, none of that has anything to do with anything. This lawsuit is about one thing, okay? The lawsuit in the UK and this lawsuit is about one thing. Is the statement that Johnny Depp... And this is more applicable to the UK one, but it also applies to the, U to US, to the US one as one. Is Johnny Depp a wife beater? Which is the terminology they used in the UK case, okay? I'm only using that phrase because that's the official phrase that was used in the UK case, but it is essentially that question. Is the statement that Johnny Depp is a wife beater true or false? That is the only issue. Guys, get your heads around this. This is the only issue that is at hand in a defamation lawsuit. Johnny Depp is bringing this lawsuit 
against Amber Heard. He brought it against the newspaper in the UK because they made the statement that Johnny Depp is a wife beater. He's now bringing this lawsuit against Amber Heard in the U.S. court because she made those similar statements that he was he was uh, he engaged in spousal abuse and all that kind of stuff. That is what this case is about. It is not about anything else, and you have to understand that. You have to understand that. Okay. I had to write a lot of depositions and I had to write, I had to write a lot of, do a lot of affidavit stuff when I was working in law. And listen, you got to understand that in a defamation lawsuit, that's what this is. Okay. Johnny Depp is suing her for making statements that he is saying were not true. He's not suing her for spending too much money. He's not suing her for hitting him. He's not suing her for stealing their, their co-owned car. He is suing her for defamation, claiming that statements she made about him being abusive. And he's claiming that those statements were false. That's what a defamation lawsuit is. And that's what Johnny Depp is attempting to do. That's what he attempted to do in the UK. That is what he's attempting to do in the US. Okay. It's it's important to understand that. Now, what is defamation? Okay. Defamation is basically, if you want to get really, really basic, defamation, defamation and liable is basically saying, you know, I said some really nasty, untrue crap about you. And me saying that crap about you cost you. You suffered consequences because I said a bunch of untrue, nasty crap about you. That is basically definition. It is defamation. So legally, there are four elements that have to be there for defamation to be applicable. Okay. There are four elements that have to be present for defamation to be applicable. And by the way, uh, Jose Sanchez sends in a super chat badge in the live chat. Thank you, Jose. Okay, here we go. We're going to get to number one in a second. We're going to skip over number one. We'll get back to number one in just a second. The second thing that has to be there is that the statement in question had to have been made to a third party. So let's say I'm going to use, I didn't ask him permission for this, but I'm going to use Christian Harloff as an example, okay? And Christian will just have to forgive me later. Okay, so let's say Christian Harloff is taking me to court for defamation because I came, I went out and I said, Christian Harloff humps donkeys. Now somebody's going to make that t-shirt. Hashtag Harloff humps donkeys. But anyway, I'm sorry for this, Christian. Okay, so. Let's say I make a statement and I say, Christian Harloff humps donkeys, everybody. Don't know if you knew that. You got a pet, do- pet donkey? Best keep that donkey away from Christian Harloff. He gonna, he gonna lube up and he gonna hump that sucker. He just grows all around the countryside humping donkeys. That's what he does. He humps them donkeys. All right. Let's just, let's, let's, let's just say that's our example, right? And Christian's like, holy hell, man. That's not true. I'm going to sue you for defamation. Okay. One of the things that has to be true, if he's going to sue me for defamation, is that the statement had to have been made to a third party. What that means is this. If I just write in my personal journal, Christian Harloff humps donkeys, then that's not defamation. If the only person I say that to, if the only person I say Christian Harloff humps donkeys is to Christian Harloff, Like I'm face to face with Christian. I say, Christian, you hump donkeys. 
Guess what? That's not defamation. But if I say it to a third party, like I grab Mark Ellis and I say, hey, Mark, did you know that Christian Harloff humps donkeys? (gasps) Well, now I've said it to a third party. So that is one of the things that has to be there for defamation, okay? It has to be said to a third party. All right, the next thing that has to be there. There has to be um, uh, negligence or malicious intent uh, in the statement. So what that basically means is this. It basically means that Like, let's say I heard, uh, let's use a different example. Let's say I heard that Bobby took his son out of school, but I didn't know there was a restraining order against Bobby. And I had just heard from some reliable people that he had picked up his kid. And I wasn't trying to hurt Bobby by telling people that Bobby picked up his son from school. There was no malicious. I didn't mean anything by it. Then it's not defamation. If you're taking somebody to court for defamation, you have to prove they said it to a third party, one or more third parties, and you got to prove that there was malicious intent in the statement. Okay? Simple enough to understand? Absolutely. The third, the fourth part of defamation, for there to be defamation, if you want to understand the whole Johnny Depp Amber Heard thing, is that the individual has to show they suffered uh, damages as a result of the statements. So in the case of Christian Harloff, like Christian Harloff has to show, like if all I said was to Mark Ellis, Christian humps donkeys, but there were no consequences, like nothing bad happened to Christian as a result of me saying that, then there's no defamation suit. But if I tell Mark Ellis, Christian humps donkeys, and Mark Ellis goes, really? I find that disgusting. I'm never going to work with, with uh, Christian Harloff again. And he never works with Christian Harloff again, and that hurts Christian. Well, then Christian suffered damages as a result of my statement. All right? Got it? So for there to be defamation, the statement has to be made to a third party, one or more. There has to be malicious intent or deliberate negligence in the statement. And number four, you've got to be able to show that you suffered damages as a result of the statement. Let's go to the number one reason, though. We left this off, but this is the most important one. For there to be a defamation suit, a false statement, a statement was made about an individual. A false statement has to be made about an individual. So if number two, I told Christian Harloff or I told Mark Ellis that Christian Harloff humped donkeys. The number three thing was I was malicious in my intent. The number four thing was that Christian suffered damages. But guess what? If I was telling the truth, if it was not a false statement, and clearly it is a false statement. I'm just saying if I, if it wasn't a false statement, then there's no defamation, okay? So for you to bring a defamation lawsuit and win a defamation lawsuit, you got to show that there was a false statement made about you, that the statement was made to third parties, that there was negligence and malice in the intent, and number four, that you suffered damage as, damages as a result. But really the big thing you have to start with was, was there a false statement? False statement, all right?
you got to understand this, guys. This are the four elements from Stanford Law about what makes defamation. And if you want to follow this Johnny Depp, Amber Heard situation in an educated way, you need to understand this. These are things that need to be there. So if the most important thing in all of this, if the most important thing is it was a false statement, well, here's the question. Here's a question. Who has to prove if the statement was true or not? That's the billion-dollar question. Because at the heart of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard defamation lawsuit is that Amber Heard has made statements claiming that Johnny Depp was an abusive, was a was a spousal abuser and a wife wife beater and stuff like that. That's the that's the issue at hand. So to find out if there's a defamation lawsuit, you got to ask, is that a false statement or not? Okay. Well, who has to prove whether it's a false statement or not? Does Johnny Depp have to prove that Amber Heard's statements were false? Or does Amber Heard have to prove that her statements were true? Eh? Big question. And this is where it gets tricky because in the UK and in the US, they have different rules. This leads us into something called onus, or, or as we call it here, this leads us into something called, um, uh, called burden of proof, okay? Uh, burden of proof. Who has to prove? Who's got to prove it? Does Johnny Depp have to prove that the statements are false? Or does Amber Heard have to prove that her statements are true? This is important, guys. This is seriously important. And I'll tell you why this is so seriously important. Let's say you and me get into an argument. And you and me are arguing over, I say to you, this pillow is the most comfortable pillow in the world. And you say, no, it's not. And I say, okay, prove that it's not. Prove that this is not the most comfortable pillow in the world. And then you say back to me, no, you prove that it is. Whoever has to prove it is at a massive disadvantage. Okay? Whoever has to prove it, whoever is responsible for proving it, whoever the onus lies on. And onus comes from a Latin term called onus uh, probani, which basically means burden of proof. Whoever has the burden of proof is at a massive disadvantage. Because if you've got to prove that the pillow isn't the most comfortable, then you're at a disadvantage. If the other guy doesn't have to prove that it is, and you have to prove that it isn't, that puts you at a big disadvantage, okay? So burden of proof is incredibly important here, okay? Burden of proof, or onus, as it's also called, burden of proof is important. So who has to prove whether or not the statements that Johnny Depp is a spouse abuser, who has to prove if that's true or not true? Well, it depends. It depends on which country you're in. Because here's the thing. In the UK, this is very important, guys. That's why I made this little graphic. In the UK, the onus or the burden of proof lies with the defendant the defendant must prove 
that what they said about the plaintiff was true. The plaintiff does not have to prove that what the defendant said was false. Listen to this again. This is important. In the UK, in UK law, in defamation and libel cases, the burden of proof or the onus lies with the defendant. The defendant has to prove that what they said about the plaintiff was true, and the plaintiff does not have to prove that what the defendant said was false. Are you with me? In other words, in the United Kingdom, Amber heard the newspaper that Johnny Depp was suing for defamation, printing Amber Heard's words and everything. The newspaper had to prove that them calling Johnny Depp a wife beater was true. Johnny Depp didn't have to prove that they were lying. He didn't have to prove that. In the UK courts, the newspaper, the defendant, has to prove that what they said was true. And and therefore, it is much easier for Johnny Depp to win a defamation case in the UK because in the UK, he doesn't have to prove it. The defendant has to prove it. The newspaper had to prove that when they wrote that Johnny Depp was a wife beater, it was true. It was true. That's what they had to prove. And guess what happened? Even though in the UK, it would be much easier for Johnny Depp to win the lawsuit, guess what happened? Johnny Depp lost the lawsuit. He lost. Even though he didn't have to prove that they were lying, he didn't have to prove it. Johnny Depp in the UK case did not have to prove that the newspaper was lying. It was easy. The newspaper had to prove that them calling Johnny Depp a wife beater was justified. Well, guess what happened? Here's what happened. And I'm going to get this uh, into our... uh, into our thing here because it's a full quote. So this is what happens. In his ruling, the judge, Justice Nicole, so this is the judge that was adjudicating the case in the UK, said that the claimant or the plaintiff, Johnny Depp, has not succeeded in his action for libel. The defendants, the Sun and the news group newspapers, have shown that what they published in the meaning which have held the words to bear was... These are the key words, guys, were substantively true. I have reached these conclusions having examined in detail the 14 incidents on which the defendants rely as well as the overarching considerations which the claimant submitted I should take into into account. In those circumstances, Parliament has said that that a defendant has complete defense. In other words, the UK court said the newspaper proved that Johnny Depp was a wife beater. Now, you don't have to agree with them. You don't, you don't have to agree with them. I'm not telling you you need to agree with them. I'm simply telling you what happened. It went to court in the UK where Johnny Depp had an easy time because Johnny Depp didn't have to prove that they were lying about him. They had to prove that they were telling the truth. And the result of the court case, the result of the case was that The judge said, yes, the newspaper did enough to prove that their statements that Johnny Depp was a wife beater was true. That's it. And in a defamation lawsuit, 
where Johnny Depp is suing the newspaper for defaming him and doing libel, he lost, even though he didn't have to prove his case. A judge sat down, heard the evidence, and again, you don't have to agree with him. I'm not saying you need to agree with the judge. I'm just telling you what happened, okay? That's all I'm saying. I'm only telling you what happened. The judge looked at the evidence and said, the newspaper has proved in the 14 incidences that they referred to that Johnny Depp was a wife beater. They are not uh, guilty of defamation. That's what happened. And then for Johnny Depp, it got a little bit worse. Because you might say, you and I might say, well, that's one judge's opinion, right? You and I might say, okay, that's fine, but that's just one judge's opinion. Well, actually, it ended up being three judges' opinion. Because after Johnny Depp lost the case, he submitted an application to have an appeal. He wanted to appeal the decision. But the court said no. The court said no. And the reason the court said no was this. Johnny Depp's application for an appeal went in front of two other judges. Okay, two more judges. Some of you don't know this. But when Johnny Depp applied to have an appeal of the UK decision, it went in front of two other judges, and this is what happened. He got denied. Lord Justice Underhill and Lord Justice Dingmus, man, I don't like his last name. Anyway, Lord Justice Underhill and Lord Justice Dingmus, by the way, this comes from the Daily Beast, emphasized that an appeal against the trial's judge's decision on questions of disputed fact faced serious difficulties. Underhill concluded in his ruling by saying, We refuse Mr. Depp's application to admit further evidence in support of his proposed appeal, and we conclude that the appeal has, listen to this, the appeal has no real prospect of success, and that there is no other compelling reason for it to be heard. We accordingly refuse permission to appeal. What happened here was that two other judges then reviewed the court case that happened in the UK under Judge Nicole. So two other judges reviewed it, and their conclusion was, if we even if we granted you this appeal, your appeal has no prospect of success. Basically, what these other two judges were saying, you can take this back to court again, but if you do, you're going to lose again. We've reviewed the case. You have no real prospect of success. So the first judge said that Johnny Depp was guilty or that the newspaper was in fact right to say that Johnny Depp was a wife abuser. And then two other judges reviewed the case in trying to decide whether or not to give him an appeal. And they said, look, we're not going to grant you an appeal because even if we did give you an appeal, you have no chance of actually winning because we're looking at the evidence. We're looking at everything that happened in the trial. You don't have an actual chance of winning. And since you don't have any real prospect of winning, uh, we accordingly refuse your permission to appeal. Now, again, you can agree or disagree with what those other two judges said, because now it's three judges. You can agree or disagree with them, and that's perfectly fine. I'm not telling you to agree with the judges. I'm simply telling you what happened. Okay? So, Johnny Depp, he takes the newspaper that called him a wife beeper, beeper, a wife beeper? A, a wife beater to the UK court where he's going to have an easy time because he doesn't have to prove that they lied. 
they got to prove that they're telling the truth. And in the court case, the judge said the newspaper proved that Johnny Depp, it's true, that the accusations against Johnny Depp are true. Then the case was reviewed by two other judges, and the two other judges looked at all the evidence, and they looked at the outcome of the case, and they say, you don't have any, we can't give you an appeal because you have no real prospect of succeeding. You're going to lose again, so we deny your appeal. And that's how that ended. Let's now go back to this. The burden of proof. So that's in the UK. In the UK, the burden of proof or the onus lies with the defendant. But in the US, it's totally the opposite. It's 100% the opposite. Because in the American court system, the onus or the burden of proof lies with the plaintiff. You see, in the U.S., the plaintiff has to prove that what the defendant said about them was false. The defendant doesn't have to prove that what they said was true. In other words, in the U.K., Johnny Depp didn't have to prove that he was lied about. But in the U.S. case, Amber Heard doesn't have to prove that what she said was true. She doesn't have to prove it. She doesn't have to do anything. Johnny Depp has to prove that the statements about him were false. He's got to prove it. Amber Heard doesn't have to prove that what she said was true. In the UK case, you do. But in the US, you don't. In the US, if you're the plaintiff in a defamation lawsuit, the burden of proof is with you. You got to prove it. And here's the problem. He lost in the UK when the burden of proof wasn't even his. And he still lost. And then he lost again when it went in front of two other judges who reviewed the case. So the basics is this. If Johnny Depp went in front of a more friendly court system in the UK where he doesn't have to prove that they lied, he doesn't have to prove that they lied. They got to prove that they're telling the truth. So if he went in front of a UK court in a much more favorable situation, and after reviewing all the evidence, the first judge says, no, the accusations against you are true. And then it went in front of two other judges who denied his appeal on the basis that you have no prospects of success. That's three judges. How can you think that he's going to be successful in a defamation lawsuit in an American court system where now it's going to be even harder for him because now he's the one who has to prove it and she doesn't. It is extremely unlikely that he can win this. It's extremely unlikely. Again, I bring you, you guys don't have to like what I'm saying, but this is the facts. In the United States legal system, in a defamation or liable situation, Unlike the UK, if you're the plaintiff and you're suing somebody for defamation, you got to prove it. The other person doesn't have to. In this upcoming U.S. court case, Amber Heard does not need to prove that what she said was true. Johnny Depp has to prove that what she said was false. Something that he already resoundingly failed to do in the UK court system, even though the UK court system was much more favorable towards him because he didn't have the, the, the burden of proof. He didn't have the onus. You following me here? 
when you understand that, and if you're going to be honest with yourself, you have to acknowledge that the likelihood of him winning this case in the U.S. when it's going to be even more difficult than it was in the U.K., when three other judges have already determined that the facts kind of speak for themselves, and understanding that this trial is specifically about the statements that Amber Heard made, it's not about anything else, I got to tell you guys, while it is not impossible, while it is not impossible that he could maybe win this by some fluke, stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened. But when you look at all the facts as they have transpired and all the events as they have transpired up until now, the likelihood of Johnny Depp winning this case in the U.S. when it's going to be even harder for him to do so than it was in the U.K. is extremely unlikely. It's extremely unlikely. Which then brings us back to the original question again that Take the Cannoli asked. Do you think a major studio will pick up Johnny Depp to lead a film again? Well, at the beginning of this show, I said I think that depends on whether or not he wins or loses the upcoming American case. And I think if you look at all the events as they have happened, I think if you look at all the facts as they pertain to law and to the courts, it's very, very difficult to strongly believe that Johnny Depp has a legitimate shot of winning this case. Nothing's impossible, but it's highly unlikely. And I'm going to ask, I'm going to put up a poll question in the live chat. Will Johnny Depp win the, the upcoming lawsuit? Not do you think he should, not do you think whatever, do you think after going through everything that we just went through, do you think that he's actually going to win this case? I'm not telling you I think he should win. I'm not telling you I think he shouldn't win. I'm just telling you when I look at the facts, I have a very hard time believing he will win. Especially once he got so thoroughly trounced in the UK court where things were much easier for him to make his case. I, I just don't know. I just don't know what, how you could do this. Um, by the way, there are some really stupid people in the live chat saying things like, John hasn't heard the tapes of Amber Heard. Oh, I've heard them. But buckle up, princess. They don't matter. In this defamation lawsuit, it doesn't matter. This lawsuit, wrap your heads around this. I know you don't want to hear this, but sit, wrap your heads around this. The lawsuit that Johnny Depp is bringing to court is not about what Amber Heard said in a tape. It's about, are the statement that Johnny Depp is an abuser, was that defamation? Johnny Depp is going to have to prove what Amber Heard said is not true. When another court of three judges have already ruled that all the statements about Johnny Depp in 14 different incidents were true. And now the owners, the burden of proof is on him. Now, look, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be mad about the Amber Heard tapes. I'm not saying you should believe them. I'm not saying you shouldn't believe them. What I am telling you is that they're completely irrelevant to this case. Johnny Depp isn't suing Amber Heard 
for for hitting him. Johnny Depp isn't suing Amber Heard. This is a case about defamation. That's why he lost the case in the UK, and that's why he's probably going to lose the case in the US. Again, anything can happen. The strangest things can happen. Brand new things could happen tomorrow that shock the world. And I mean, yes, but right now, it's not about that. It's about this case. And what is this case about? What is Johnny Depp actually suing her for? He is suing her for her statements, claiming that her statements were false. And if he can prove that her statements were 100% false, then he wins the case. But he failed to do it in the UK when the burden of proof wasn't even on him and three different judges ruled the same way. It's tough. It's tough. And again, I am not, believe me, I am not sitting here telling you what you should believe about this situation. I'm not telling you what you should believe about it whatsoever. If you're an F Johnny Depp situation, if you're an F Johnny Depp person, God bless you. If you're a justice for Johnny Depp person, God bless you. I don't give a shit about either of you. I was just asked a question, do I think Johnny Depp will be back in big movies again? And I think the answer to that is it depends on what happens with the American trial. And when I look personally at everything that's happened up till now, it seems pretty damn unlikely that he'll win that trial. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he should win. I'm not saying he shouldn't win. I'm just telling you what I think is going to happen based on what we've seen. And you can agree with me or you could disagree with me. And that's all okay. But anyway, uh, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, what's the, the most important takeaway from this, the most important takeaway from this is that we all understand that Christian Harloff humps donkeys. It's a, that's the, I can't even keep a straight face. Christian Harloff does not hump does not hump donkeys. Okay, I'm just, I'm waiting. I, I don't know. I shouldn't have even used him as an example. I shouldn't have even, I'm going to hear from him. I'm going to, I'm surprised my, I'm surprised. Let me just check to see if he's, oh my God, there is actually a text message waiting for me. Wait a second. Let me, oh, it is, it is, it's totally Christian. <laughs> Christian has actually already texted me. He says, you fucking ass. And of course, he puts a big picture of a donkey. He sends me a big gif of a donkey. <laughs> oh, I knew, I knew, I knew I was going to hear about it. I knew I was going to hear about it. <laughs> anyway, oh my God, I got to hold that up again. It's perfect. He sent me this big gif of a donkey. <laughs> oh God, that's perfect. Oh my God, that's so perfect. Anyway, <laughs> look. I just want us as movie fans to <laughs> I'm still laughing at that donkey gift. I just want us as movie fans. Oh my God. I'm crying. I'm laughing so hard. Okay. I just want us as movie fans um, to when looking at these big issues to be a little bit informed. Okay, not just hear from the latest, what does the latest F Johnny Depp YouTuber say, or what does the latest Justice for Johnny Depp YouTuber say? I want you to actually be informed with actual real information and then come up, come to your own conclusions. You guys feel or think whatever it is you want to feel or think. I just want you to actually be equipped with the actual information uh, about what's going on. So anyway, yeah, that's that. Um, okay, guys, hopefully you found that informative. 
hopefully, hopefully you found that a little bit useful. It's been a big issue. It's been topic. I, I hope you guys understand why I didn't want to have Kimberly or anybody else on the show with me today. If any of you want to hate on me for just laying out this stuff, go ahead. That's fine. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I just wanted to give you guys some information and, and let you take it from there and, and feel however you feel about it. So there you go. All right, let's now move on. That's all the stuff that we were going to, that's the only topic we had for today. So let's now spend the rest of the day guys with some more fun stuff. Shall we? We're actually going to go over and start taking your live comments and questions, talking about a lot of other stuff and, um, yeah, let's move on from there. All right. And by the way, our friend Ben Rayner sends in a thank you uh, super chat badge just saying thank you for that. Thank you, Ben. I really appreciate that, man. Very kind of you, dude. Okay, uh, let's move on here now. Next up, uh, we start off with Anton Riley. And Anton Riley, I'm still laughing about the donkey thing Harlop sent me. Oh, God, that's so perfect. All right, Anton Riley writes, um, I have a question about the possible uh, IATSC strike. If they did strike, would that affect American productions who are filming on location in a different country? Probably yes, because even if there are productions happening in other countries, probably a big bunch of that production is still happening here. Like even if they're shooting on location for, say, the next Mission Impossible in Turkey, there's still a bunch of employees of the movie working on things in the U.S. at the same time. So, yes, it'll probably affect every production uh, going on everywhere. All right. Uh, next up, we got Anton Riley, who also writes. So I am not a Star Wars fan. Sorry, John. Perfectly fine, man. You don't have to be a Star Wars fan. All film is subjective. If you don't like Star Wars, it's perfectly good. I think you're crazy, but it's perfectly good. Uh, but I am a huge anime fan. So Visions intrigued me. I haven't watched them all yet, but so far I really like Tatooine Rhapsody, The Village Bride, and The Ninth Jedi. Watch some if you haven't already. I told the story last night on After Dark that Lucasfilm actually sent me all of all the episodes of Star Wars Visions weeks ago. But when Anne and I finally sat down to try to watch them, I realized they sent me the wrong ones because they were all in Japanese and the subtitles were only in Spanish. And while I can speak a little Italian and a little bit of French, Spanish, not so much. And so I wasn't able to watch them. So yeah, you tonight, Anne and I are going to sit down and watch all of uh, Star Wars visions. I'm looking forward to it a lot. All right, next up, Ben Rayner writes, Hey, John, uh, two things. One, love the thumbnail for after dark. Yeah, that was great. Uh, Meg, Magneto in first class perfection. Second, I just watched happy death day one and two, and I love both of them. It's my new, uh, horror comedy franchise. Always. Thanks for the show. Bring on the filthy. Yeah. Listen, um, I loved happy death day was a movie. I wasn't even going to go watch, but I only went to go see it because the press screening was literally being held at the movie theater. That was a 10 minute walk up the street from me when I was still living in Burbank. And I thought, all right, if it's playing right here and I don't have to drive anywhere, I'll go watch it. And I loved it. Absolutely loved Happy Death Day. I didn't like, it took me a while to watch Happy Death Day 2. I didn't like Happy Death Day 2 quite as much. I still enjoyed it. I, I still thought it was good. I liked it. But man, that first one is absolutely fantastic. All right. Uh, next up, we got an anonymous viewer who writes, Saw your tweet about the ending of Lucifer. No spoilers, but I would have to agree. I love the show and hoped it would have a great send off, but the ending left me a little bit. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I'm not going to give any spoilers away. The ending of Lucifer from a logic point of view makes no sense. It was still a great finale because the goodbyes to all the characters were done very, very well. 
The way they said goodbye to Mazakine was perfect. The way we said goodbye to Ella was perfect. The way we said goodbye to the doctor was perfect. Uh, the resolution for a meta deal was perfect. And the final scene of Lucifer and Chloe, perfect. The goodbyes were great. And that's the most important thing in a series finale. But the logic that they use to get there, we'll talk about it in a spoiler discussion sometimes. For me, it is just it didn't make much sense. It didn't make much sense, but whatever. All right, next up. Alan writes, hey, John, what are some announcements you are looking forward to on Disney Plus Day? And do you think we will get a trailer for the Book of Boba Fett? Oh, well, yeah, we'll absolutely get a trailer for the Book of Boba Fett on that on that day. Also, I love the video thumbnail. You look like you're about to give us a masterclass on picking up women. Of course, that's the John Campia After Dark thumbnail he's talking about. Um, honestly, there's a bunch of things I'm looking forward to hearing about. But the one thing I am most excited about. The one thing I am most excited about is hearing about the Acolyte. Um, that to me is, was the most, I think other than um, um, Shogun, which is for effects, Hulu and effects, other than Shogun, the Shogun announcement, I think the announcement of Acolyte was the thing that excited me most coming out of that whole Disney uh, investors day call from a few months ago. And so I'm really hoping to get more information on that. That's the thing I'm really looking forward to a lot. All right, next up we go to Jonathan who writes the problem for me with born is that there's nothing interesting about him. He's not cool and suave like bond doesn't do death defying stunts like Ethan hunt, nor does he do gun foo like wick born is forgettable. It's like Jason boring instead. I, I disagree again. I'm not a big fan of the first born identity, uh, but I gradually liked the movies more and more until we got to the fourth one where he's fighting like Facebook, which is stupid. I hated the last one, but two was pretty damn good. I thought three was magnificent. And I thought, I thought there was a lot to him, to be honest, especially in the third one. I mean, he wasn't, um, he wasn't Hunt and he wasn't Bond. He was his own thing. And I thought he was really good. Again, I'm not a big fan of the first one, but I really do like uh, that last one that we did. Uh, the last one that he did, not the f one fighting Facebook, not that one, but yeah. Uh, by the way, just an update on the poll, and then I'm going to close it down because we've got almost a thousand votes in there now. Um, in the question of will Johnny Depp win the upcoming lawsuit, not should he win, not should he win. That's that's a different poll for another time. But will he win? 33% uh, of you are saying, yes, you think he will. 67% uh, of you are saying, no, he won't. So I, I, again, I'm not offering an opinion about whether I think he should win or not. I just, I think it's very unlikely that he will. Uh, when you look at what has transpired up till now, but there's that. Anyway, thank you to everybody for participating in the poll. We appreciate that. Okay, next up, we go to Donda, who writes, uh, one of the things you haven't considered, let me try this again. One of the things you haven't considered regarding if we get a Suicide Squad sequel is Peacemaker. If Peacemaker is a big hit for HBO Max, do you think that would make WB consider making another Suicide Squad? Uh, and if not, why not? No, I don't. I really don't think Peacemaker will have anything to do with it. If anything, if Peacemaker is a giant hit and Suicide Squad was not, that's just going to make them want to do another Peacemaker. It's not going to make them want to do another Suicide Squad. Now, Discovery may have a different point of view on that once they take over Warner Brothers. Fingers crossed, because I want another Suicide Squad movie. 
uh, fingers crossed. But no, if Peacemaker's a big hit, that's just going to tell Warner Brothers, oh, so Suicide Squad doesn't work, but Peacemaker stuff does. Okay, we'll just focus on Peacemaker. So I don't think it'll, I don't think a successful Peacemaker will help the chances for a second Suicide Squad. The only thing that can help a second Suicide Squad is, um, is Discovery. That's the only thing that can help them, I think. All right, next up. Uh, Sean writes, Okay, John, I just finished watching Fast and the Furious 9. Oh, my God. Uh, what was this movie? What was this movie? Mission Impossible on wheels. Like, there was no realism ever in this movie. I can't, I can't with this movie. It was fun, but damn, come on. They could have done better thoughts. Well, I mean, listen, Sean, I've given my thoughts on Fast 9 many times. I'm a big fan of the Fast and the Furious franchise. I mean, I wasn't big on it for 1, 2, and 3, but I picked up on it. I started to to get on board with it with four, five, six, seven. I even like eight. But yeah, nine, I personally, I thought nine was absolutely terrible. I thought nine was terrible. All right, next up, Adam Ricketts writes, or sorry, I should say uh, BK Dan writes, John, as far as Spider-Man No Way Home, I know who's not in it, Uncle Ben. Too soon? Hey, listen, I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to tell you what. Listen, listen, listen. Don't count on Uncle Ben not being in it. So I'm going to say, I'm just going to say, don't count on Uncle Ben not being in it. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Adam Ricketts writes, um, hey, John, watch Shang-Chi the other night. Really enjoyed it. The one problem was there was four other people in the theater and all of them had their phones out. Full brightness. Can't people turn their phones off for two hours? Guess not. So annoying. Yeah, I very rarely have that problem. But I will say this. I have found... That when I when I am in a movie theater that has a, like a problem like that, it's usually when the theater's almost empty. For whatever reason, I feel like when the the more empty a theater is, people feel like they can just be a little more loose, right? I get that. I get it. I do. Um, but yeah, listen. I honestly think every movie theater should do what the ArcLight Theater used to do in L.A. They didn't just play a message before the movie saying, hey, everybody, welcome to the movies. Don't talk on your phone. La, la, la. They actually would have a staff member come into the theater before a movie would start and say, hey, guys, I'm Pete with Arclight. Thanks for coming to Arclight, guys. Listen, we, we really need to ask you, don't talk during the movie. Please keep your phone put away. Don't be that guy. Don't be that asshole that everybody else talks about. Keep your phone put away. Don't talk during the movie. We'd all really appreciate that. And you know what? It worked. Because when you're in like an Alamo Draft House or a, an Arclight Cinema, back when Arclight was still a thing, um, it, it worked. Like people pay more attention to it. So I really think more theaters should do that. They should actually have an, an individual, a person come out and actually say, uh, hey guys, keep please keep your phones put away during the movie. I, and I, because when, when I'm in a theater that does that, I've never seen a problem. That's just me personally. Maybe you guys have. Uh, I have never seen the problem. All right, next up. Anton Riley writes, so I finally got to watch Doom Patrol. Why did nobody tell me Brendan Fraser was in this show? I don't know, man. I talked about it all the time. Uh, love seeing his comeback in Hollywood. This is probably the best DC show since the first couple seasons of Arrow. I, dude, listen, you're preaching to the choir, my friend. I absolutely love Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol, The Boys, and The Umbrella Academy are like three of my favorite things on television right now. I love Doom Patrol. I'm so glad it's back. Ah, yes, cannot wait. All right, next up. Uh, Steven Huezo writes, 
Oh, Gypsum, like $20. Thank you, Steven. Appreciate you supporting our channel on that level, man. Uh, love you, John. Thank you so much. Been a fan since the AMC Closet days. I'd love to know your thoughts on the Austin Powers movies. I love them growing up. Do you think we will ever get to see a fourth one? I appreciate everything you do. Thanks. Listen, I mean, look, I love the Austin Powers movies. One of the funniest lines in, I think, movie history, one of the funniest single lines like there's a top 10 funniest moments list, not funniest movies, but funniest moments in movies list that I nearly died from laughing so hard. I couldn't breathe. And one of them comes from the third Austin Powers movie, uh, gold member. When Michael Caine says, there's only two things I cannot abide. That's a te- I'm doing a terrible Michael Caine imitation, by the way, but bear with it. There are only two things I cannot abide. One is those who are intolerant of other people's cultures. And two, the Dutch. I, I nearly died. I nearly died when he said that line. One, people who are intolerant of other people's cultures. And two, the Dutch. I just about freaking died. Uh, that is like one of my favorite things. I love, look, every year that passes lessens and lessens the chances that we're going to get another Austin Powers. I actually, I've kind of given up. Um, I've given up. I, I don't think we're going to get another Austin Powers. I would love for us to get another Austin Powers, but honestly, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I would love it if it did. I would really love it if I did. The world needs more Mike Myers, but uh, I don't think, uh, I don't think we, uh, we will. All right. Okay. Next up. Uh, where are we at? We're at BK Dan who writes, John, did you see that Boba Fett will be voiced by Tamora Morrison in Star Trek visions? Probably not. You, I'm going to go out on a limb here, BK and think you meant star Wars visions. Anyway, what are your thoughts on him continuing to play Boba? And do you believe that there will be a crossover with the book of Boba Fett? Nah, no, these are the, the, uh, the stories that they're getting in visions are just almost kind of what if stories not really what if stories, but they're kind of their own isolated little stories. But I mean, tomorrow is still playing Boba Fett. We're about to see him in the book of Boba Fett. So I'm not surprised at all that he's doing the voice of him in, uh, uh, <laughs> Epic dub time is saying in the live chat, star Wars, lower decks. Yeah. Um, I'm not surprised since he's still playing the character. I'm not surprised they got him to do the voice. I mean, it was all it needed was for him to show up to a sound booth for like an hour and read some lines into a mic. So I'm not surprised, but uh, I love that he's back playing Boba Fett. I really do. Okay. Next up, uh, Leo Milmet writes, Rob, who's not here right now in honor of Tango Shalom, which by the way, you should all be going out to support Tango Shalom. And because I was looking for a a new hobby in college, I joined the the U Michigan ballroom dance club and learned the tango. John, I wanted to let you know, I didn't see man of steel in theaters, but I watched it for free on HBO uh, and HBO max. I'm not a huge comic book film fan, but I do love some Joker, dark Knight, Sin city man of steel. Wasn't great, but I did like it, especially after watching your analysis. Costner is great for me. I wanted more of him and less of Russell Crowe and slash Krypton. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, my feelings on man of steel. I think I personally think Zack Snyder's man of steel is the most underrated comic book film of all time. Easy. Number one, no doubt about it. I think it's one of the greatest comic book movies ever made. And I just like it more and more every time I watch it. But Leo, you're not me. 
So you're not going to feel the exact same way about movies that I do. But listen, I'm glad you enjoyed it nonetheless. Even if you don't like it as much as I do, that's okay. I'm just glad you enjoyed it at all. So thanks for sharing your thoughts on that, man. Okay, next up. Uh, BK Dan writes, John, Willie Gar- uh, Garson, who passed away the other day, uh, played Martin Lloyd in three episodes in SG-1, Point of No Return, Wormhole, Extreme, and 200. Now, we were talking about him on the um, After Dark last night. And by the way, guys, there is going to be a, an After Dark later tonight if you want to come back and join us for that. Um, and I, I'm just not familiar with his work. And there's a lot of seasons of Stargate SG, uh, SG-1 and I don't remember him from them. I And I never know the names of episodes. I don't know the names of episodes. Like, I love heroes. I couldn't tell you the name of any of the episodes. I, I never know the names of episodes. So, unfortunately, I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember him being in there. But I got to go back and watch Stargate SG-1 pretty soon. It's been a while since I have. All right. Next up, uh, Isaiah Colner writes, Hello, John Campia. My name is Isaiah Colner. Well, thank you. Uh, from Cup. Uh, Copperus Cove, I don't know where that is, uh, but I'm sure it's lovely. And I have a question for you. Is there a DC or Marvel hero you wish would be adapted into live action? I've been asked this question before, and I've always given the same answer, and I will say it again. While he has been used in very, very small parts, the one Marvel or DC character that has not been done yet that I am very much dying to see is I want to see a Bishop movie. Bishop of uh, from the X-Men. Bishop, to me, is one of the most fascinating characters. I, I was just completely fascinated with him in the comics. When you understand his power, when you understand his history, when you understand his personality, I think there's something... I think he is just a special, special comic book character. And he played a totally pivotal role in the greatest story arc in comic book history, the Age of Apocalypse. I think I think the Age of Apocalypse is the greatest storyline in comic book history. Not everybody agrees with me, and that's that's fine, but I do. And Bishop played a really pivotal role in that. I love that character. And all they've ever done with Bishop is these little part here and there. Oh, look, that's Bishop. But I want to see a legit Bishop movie. I would love to see it. So I will stick with that one. All right. Thanks for that, Isaiah. Next up, Shark Coochie. I was talking about Shark Coochie last night. Uh, You'd have to watch last night's episode of After Dark to get it. Uh, Shark Coochie writes, uh, Being a watch guy, every time I watch a movie or show, I usually concentrate on watches that characters wear. Sometimes it gives me a better sense of the character by the type they wear. I'm sure costume designers take this into into consideration. By the way, Shark Coochie, or Suthius, um, I was just watching... I don't know why this came up in my recommended list. It was literally only like three or four days ago. I was going through my recommendation list on YouTube and I came across this video of Sylvester Stallone. Have any of you guys seen this video of Sylvester Stallone talking about his watch collection and the different watches that he picked up for movie characters? And they're like all these ridiculously expensive watches. And uh, Terrence Fisher is saying that he saw the video too. It's amazing. I can't, I can't even begin to fathom how much money he spent on those watches. Can't even fathom it. I'm having a hard time. I'm not even sure. I, I just bought myself an iPhone 13 Pro Max. Um, ooh, I hate even saying it because I'm an Android guy. I'm totally an Andrew guy. Oh, my Note 20, I love you. I love you. I do. I love you. But 
Um, I got really intrigued by all the new video functions of the new iPhone 13 Pro Max. And I thought I'd give it a shot. But I'm so cheap. I'm so cheap that I don't even think I'm going to buy the Apple Watch to go with it because it's $400. It's 400 bucks. And I found out that my existing Galaxy watch, which is great, by the way. I love my Galaxy watch. I'm not wearing it right now, but um, I love my Galaxy watch. I wear it every day. Um, it'll give me the basic functionality with the with the iPhone. So I'm probably just going to keep that because I don't even want to spend. I can't even imagine how much Arnold, Schwarz, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I can't even imagine how much Sylvester Sloan spent on those watches, man. I cannot even imagine how much he must have spent on those watches. Each one of those watches probably costs more than I make a year. But eh, yeah, there's that. I'm just jealous. I'm just jealous. All right, Ben Campbell writes, uh, Hey, John, I saw a finished... I saw, you probably meant you finished Mare of Easttown, and I am completely baffled at how amazing this show was. Kate Winslet gives one of the best performances I've seen uh, in a long time for a TV show. Thanks for recommending it on your show. I appreciate it. Yeah, guys, listen, Mare of Easttown, cannot recommend it enough. If you guys have not seen it, you know, it won a bunch of Emmys. It deserved all the Emmys. It's an absolutely fantastic piece of television. It's a limited series, so there's not going to be a, a season two. You gotta got you guys gotta go watch it. <clears throat> it's 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 compelling. It's riveting. It's amazing. You've never seen Kate Winslet better. Doesn't matter how many Oscar nominations she's had. She's never been better. Won the Emmy. Go watch it. It's incredible. All right. Next up, we've got an anonymous viewer who writes, "Hey, John." I just heard that there is a Netflix film called Havoc that comes out next year that stars Tom Hardy, Forrest Whitaker, Timothy Oliphant, and is directed by Gareth Evans, who directed the Raid films. What are your thoughts and have a and have a bring on the filthy? Um, all I really know is that Gareth Evans is directing it, right? And if the guy who directed the Raid and the Raid 2, even Raider, uh, or as Rob would say, even Ratter, uh, then I'm on board. I'll definitely check it out. But other than that, I really don't know much else about it, so I can't get too terribly excited just yet. But you you get Gareth Evans involved, I'm interested. All right, next up, uh, Jonathan writes, uh, don't take this the wrong way, but that picture of you on the After Dark thumbnail makes you look like a creepy version of Hugh Hefner. Well, that's the idea. That's the idea. Hey, girl, want to get filthy? The moon is high and I'm feeling a little filthy. That's the whole idea, dude. Of course, that's what it feels like. It's after dark. Uh, and by the way, uh, Mikhail Erickson sends in a super chat badge in the live chat. Thank you, Mikhail. Appreciate that, man. Okay. Just got time for a couple more here today, guys. We got uh, Chloe Dakota Fanning writes, unpopular opinion, but I feel that Stephen King uh, done some of his best work during his cocaine years. <laughs> Maximum Overdrive. Sure, he's had great novels, but he did a good job directing Maximum Overdrive. Was a cocaine-fueled movie. One Wild Mind. Yeah, Maximum Overdrive. For those of you who don't know movie, just picture a big semi-truck with a green goblin face on the front of it. Where all the machines came to life and start killing people. Soda machines firing out cans of Coke and not cracking people's skulls with them. Yeah, that was something, Chloe. <laughs> that was something. All right. Benjamin Mason writes, I know I've heard you before mention that you think the Batman would be rated R. I don't believe I've ever said that. I don't, I don't believe I've ever said that I think the Batman will be rated R. I think I might have said before, I, I maybe there's a possibility it could be. 
but I don't believe I've ever said I believe it'll be rated R. I, I've always made the argument about why Batman never needs to be rated R. But at any rate, with the footage you saw at CinemaCon, do you still believe it will be rated PG-13? Yes. I personally hope it isn't rated R, but some reviews described it as very graphic. Yeah, listen. Um, you know, one of the things that we're hearing coming out of Venom 2 is people saying, I don't know how they got away with getting a PG-13. Like that's That's been one of the refrains I've heard from a number of people who have seen. I'm watching Venom 2 on Tuesday. So, uh, but the review embargo isn't until Thursday, so I can't even tell you about it until Thursday, but, uh, I'm going to go see Venom on Tuesday. I'm, I'm going to go to a screening of it on Tuesday, but one of the things I've heard from people who've seen it already is I, I just can't believe that this didn't get an R rating. Like how did they get away with this? Which is pretty good. That's the same feeling I got watching the footage from, um, the Batman was like, really, this is going to be PG 13. Okay. Like, it seems like they, they really are pushing it. So uh, we'll, we'll see it. Uh, Calvin Patel's watch is writing in and asking, uh, how does one get early screenings? Be a member of the press. I mean, I, I like everybody, I always get these people writing to me and say, hey, John, like, where do I got to sign up to be able to go to early screenings? It's like, it doesn't. Like, I just, the, I just, eventually I got large enough and I'm not large. My YouTube channel isn't large by any stretch, but I got large enough that the studio publicist started to write to me to invite me to come to things. So, yeah, just create something, get a big enough audience, and if you have a big enough audience, studios will want you to become an will want you to be an influencer and they'll want you to, you know, spread word about what you think about movies. So, yeah, that's uh that's how you get that's how you get them. All right. Uh last question of the day, guys. It's going to come to us from AP who writes, my friend died on Tuesday. I'm so sorry to hear that AP unexpectedly at 32 with two kids, two and five years old. That's horrible. Uh, your show has helped me keep my mind off the saddest thing I've ever experienced. Thank you. Her favorite artist was Britney Spears. What are your thoughts? Well, first of all, AP, uh, I mean, her deepest condolences and all of our best thoughts uh, to you and, and the family and friends of your friend so terrible to hear and it is awesome that movies and the movie fan community can be something that becomes that oasis for you when you're in the middle of some really terrible things i know it's been that for me i know it's been that for most of you guys and we're glad it's there for you ap as well as far as britney spears goes i'm not gonna lie to you i don't give a shit about britney spears i could care less i could really care less um I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I like some of her music like any, like anybody else. I like some of her music. Sure. I, I like that one song she did with will. I am, uh, what was the name of that song? You know, where she does the infamous line, Brittany, bitch. What, what's, what's the name? You guys in the live chat. What's the name of that song that she does with will. I am, I keep forgetting the name of it. Uh, scream and shout epic dub time is putting in scream and shout. Um, and, uh, yeah, I like that song. I like that. She has a couple of things. And when I was a kid, I used to I used to listen to Oops, I Did It Again, of course. All that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, honestly, I don't care. Like all this free business, I don't, I don't care. I really don't care. I don't know anything about the situation, so I don't care. So, but there's that. But anyway, AP, uh, I'm glad the, the film fan, that movies and the movie fan community can be there for you. And uh, thank you for sending in your thoughts, man. I really appreciate that. All right. 
Uh, listen, there's still more to come from Adam S. Uh, ben Platt's fading youth. I love that. Uh, an anonymous viewer asked the real questions. Do not worry, guys. We're going to do an after dark a little bit later tonight, and we're going to get all the rest of the questions caught up on just like we did last night. So if you sent in a question and we didn't get to it yet, don't worry. We're going to get all caught up tonight on after dark. We hope you guys will come and join us for that. But until then, guys, thank you so much for being here and making this show part of your day. Special thank you to all you guys who did send in the live comments and questions. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about, but number two, you supported this channel as you did so, and all of us here at the John Campus Show, thank you guys so very much for your support. Okay, guys, hopefully you'll join us tonight. If not, make sure you join me and Rob tomorrow, and uh, Kimberly Curran is going to join me and Rob tomorrow as well for the next episode of the John Campus Show. Hope to see you then. Hope to see you tonight. Until then, my friends, my name's John Campia. Bye-bye.